The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and on this week's show, ahead of the weekend's current account All-Ireland Junior and Intermediate Club Championship Finals, I speak to members of both Glanmire and Nodonovan Rossa who are hoping to bring silverware back to Leaside. Glanmire's Ellen Toomey, Ellen Murphy and Abby O'Mahony preview their All-Ireland Intermediate Decider with Balnamore, Sean O'Heslands. O'Donovan Rossa's Trina Murphy, Christine Fitzgerald and Michelle Donlin look ahead to their All-Ireland Junior Final Meeting with Mayo's Claire Morris. Cork Red FM's rugby expert Wendy Keenan joins me to interview Ballancolic Women's RFC and Munster Rugby's twin sisters Aoife and Kira Fleming. Plus we have all the latest women's AIL, Munster Adult and Youth results from across the province. And finally, Munster Women's Hockey's Graham Catchball reviews the latest Munster Women's Hockey Division 1 results and scores as well as previewing all this weekend's biggest matches. That's all to come on this week's Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Ahead of Saturday's current account.ie All-Ireland Intermediate Club Championship Final between Cork champions Glanmire and Leitrim's Balnamore Sean O'Heslands at Crow Park, Ellen Toomey, Ellen Murphy and Abby O'Mahony join me on the big red bench to talk about Glanmire's remarkable year and look ahead to their meeting with Sean O'Heslands. Now, we are delighted here on Cork Red FM's Big Red Bench to be joined by three members of the Glanmire Ladies Football senior team who are heading to Croke Park on the last weekend before Christmas, believe it or not, to play in the All-Ireland Intermediate Final where they will meet Leitrim's Balnamore, Sean O'Heslins. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the captain, Ellen Toomey. Ellen, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Sure, How are things? Things are great. Good to speak to you again. Uh, joined also by Abby O'Mahony. Abby, how are things? Hello, how are you? I'm good, good, good. You can hear us there, okay? And we're also joined by Ellen Murphy. Ellen, how are you? Hi, how are things? Things are good. Things are really good. It's a busy time for Glanmire. It's been one hectic schedule between Sarsfields and the Camogie and Glanmire and the ladies football. But here we are, and on the 16th of December in Croke Park as part of a doubleheader with the All Current Count.ie All Ireland LGFA Senior Final, the intermediate clash between Glanmire and Leitrim's Balnamore Shout. Sean O'Hislands will be the curtain raiser. Ellen Toomey, when I say you're heading to Croke Park to play in an All-Ireland final, has it sunk in? And I know the three of you were there back in 2018 and I know you were part of a a fantastic junior All-Ireland success. But this time around, you're a senior club now. Has it, has what has happened with the win over Nafina, have things sunken in? And how much are you looking forward to this All-Ireland final? Um, No, I don't think things have sunken in quite yet. Um, I suppose today is only... Wednesday, we're a week prior to the um, All-Ireland final and we actually haven't got back training yet. Our match was on Sunday, so we kind of had a couple of days off. So I think now when we go back training that it'll kind of really sink in that we do have an All-Ireland to prepare for and that um, we will be up on the big stage up in Crow Park and it's going to be something that we kind of have to get our heads around. It's going to be a bit taunting. Like me and the girls were actually joking only recently most of the girls on the team haven't played in Parky Cueve or Parky Ring yet. And then for us to be going up and playing in the big stadium in the country is just mind-boggling. But it's something we're going to have to get our heads around, but we're really, really excited and we can't, look, or we can't wait for it. And just on that, as the team captain as well, how important actually have a few days off until the likes of myself demanding media attention from me? How, how important were those few days off considering you've been going week to week and SARS have also been going up to this weekend? Yeah, look, it's really important that we do have a bit of downtime and that we can kind of rewind as well and swap it like that and freshen up. Um, like it has been a really long year. I even think with the travelling to London and I don't know how the Kogi girls did it because they had a monster final on the Sunday. 
And then the next weekend again, there was another two matches again for the dual players. And I found it kind of tolling enough on the body to go out on the Saturday of the week before in London. And then the following Sunday, we were playing the me team, which we knew were going to be very good. So just to have this one week off, we just have more time to do an extra recovery session and more as pitch work and just polish up on the football this time of the year. But yeah, really excited. I'm delighted with the extra week. But again, as you said, it is the week before Christmas, so we couldn't have pushed it out any further. And just on that, Abby, I mean, obviously last weekend, a fantastic 1-7-0-6 victory over Nafina in Mallow. Um, you could tell that this Glanmire team had been on the road for quite a while. It was tough going. It was hard conditions. Pitch was good, but it's it's the winter time. I mean, you've got to adjust. And I think Glanmire have adjusted very well since winning your county. It's playing winning football at this time of the year and eking out those results. But how tiring did you find that game last week? Because you were behind at half time, but you got it together in the second half. Yeah, it was. God, it was very tiring. But uh, as Alan was saying there, we're still, we we got a, a couple of days break. So I think um, in, in that aspect, the lads have been very good to us and understanding. So uh, recovery is, is everything. And even like uh, Esther, physio, God, the work she puts in with us is, is amazing. So I think it's important to just mention her because she's been so great this year. And especially the latter end of the year, as you were saying, it's a long year, so <laughs> we're yeah. all feeling it a bit. But um, yeah, I think uh, the, the excitement will, will drive us on and uh, yeah, we'll go from there then. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very busy couple of days and week leading into this all and final, Abby. But I mean, you've been through it, as I said, back in 2018 when you won the junior. But I mean, how much can you tap into that? I mean, this is very different now because it's a big step up in terms of intermediate. And you're playing a really good, a tough opponent. But does it help that, I suppose, that you've experienced a bit of the excitement before so you know what's coming? Um. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's like it was such a huge thing to be a part of and like just... I don't know, like for, for the group to get to that stage, it, it really just kind of binds us together that bit better. So uh, I think we're really grateful as well uh, with that coming into uh, senior. I think that'll really stand to us. But um, as far as uh, it, you know, being, being any better for us than other girls that mightn't have experienced it, I, uh, I don't know. I think everyone is equally up for the challenge, to be honest. Um uh, no matter if they were in that position or not. Uh, so we're, we're just, we're ready for it, I think. Uh, as I was saying, we're just really excited, so I, I think we're ready to win. <laughs> yeah, that's the, way to, that's the best way to approach it. And just from your point of view, Alan Murphy, as well, um, last week against Nafina from County Mead, the, the Mead and Leinster champions, they really put it up to you. It was only 4-2 at halftime you were down. Things turned around in the first 10 minutes of the second half, but how concerned were you at halftime and what what was said at halftime and what changed at halftime because you came out all guns blazing got one two order watch got that very very important goal and how good was it to win it that tight a game you know heading into an all earned final um yeah a really really close first half and I feel we knew we weren't doing ourselves justice when we came in at halftime um I suppose we were doing an awful lot of things right but it was the final finish just wasn't coming off that we wanted and we knew we had more in us and at halftime we were given a, a big talking to um, and I think it you know it drove us on and I think we um, I think we did ourselves justice in the second half you know um, we got scores we know we could get um, and our confidence grew we grew into the game and um, just I think we're just so elated at the end of that game to have grafted out a win 
we've had a lot of close games, as you said, throughout the championship. Um, and we're getting used to them, but uh, they're not nice <laughs> when they're that close. Um, but yeah, it just a, a big talk into the halftime that drove us on um, and we were delighted. And just uh, back to you again, Ellen, just on that, you've mentioned the fact that you've won a lot of tight games. You went over to London, which was a big, you know, a lot of planning and a little bit of hype around that game. And Tier Connell's really put it up to you that day. Does the fact that you've come through such a tough test against Neva Vaughan, does the fact that you've come through, you know, your province and especially that Tier Connell's game, because there was a lot outside of the bubble of your of your dressing room, a lot of people just expected you to go over there and win it because they knew nothing about Tier Connell's. But you really were pushed. And how important was it to get that kind of a of a test heading into the Nafina game? Because had you won maybe easily, it might have been as easy to turn things around the last day. Totally. Um, you definitely don't want to be going into a game complacent. And from our Cork Championship alone, we know how close games can be. And I think the fact that our Cork Championship was so competitive there meant that, you know, we've learned how to get over the line in tough games. We back ourselves up a bit more. We have faith in ourselves in the process. And um, that definitely helps, I think, if we were to get an easy game throughout any of the campaign it could change the mindset, but we know that every game's a battle, and especially coming out of your county, mm. like it's all unknowns. We don't know the players; they don't know us. We have to focus on ourselves, and I think that's the important thing there when it comes to those close games. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And to your captain, um, Ellen, how important now is it that you had a freshness about the new management team coming in this year with Vince Barry and the backroom team I know the fantastic work that was done in the three years we don't have to go back over that because the people inside Glanmire and outside Glanmire know the effort that was put in in reaching all those intermediate finals but just having that bit of freshness this year at the start of the year with Vince and the the management team that's clearly had a positive effect Yeah no definitely has had uh, a positive effect on us and like even as you were saying there all the close games like all the extra bit of work that we've done this year, like just kind of getting new management in, kind of change of opinions, doing stuff slightly different. Like they've all kind of been the make or break of us as a team as well. Um, like I know we've touched on it before, but like the management, like Vince is our manager and like he's pulled out all the stops. Like Connor Quillen is our coach and he kind of has a bit of back, um, background in basketball and stuff like that. So even he takes just kind of a different approach to some things which work well. Um, then we have a goalkeeper coach um, who's been doing brilliant work with Ava and Cara all year and even as well like it must be said like Ava is the reason why we are here as well there was a couple of games where she made point blank saves which are really really important then James he got on board with us as well he was like kicking coach so he'd kind of be with the forwards and the free takers and stuff like that and then also we have like Damien involved who's like our fitness coach which is running and stuff like that so like all different expertise in different areas coming in and it's kind of like all after tying in together nicely. It's just brilliant, um, which is great to see. And of course, then we have Esther, Physio and Louise, who is involved with the team as well, the organisation and stuff like that. And of course, Sully, who does endless hours. So I just think all the management put together, you can't just pinpoint one person who's after changing the dynamic. It's just literally there's so many people involved it's all hands on they all have their own roles and they're after delivering so so well and as players like we're after buying into it hugely so yeah it's great that we have had new management in and just to change things up and it's been very professional all year and it's just worked brilliantly for us 
And from the media point of view, you've been an absolute pleasure to deal with. I have to say that about Sully as well. We can't not say that about Sully, but specifically, if I can get the word out, for organising things like this and making players available. We are very, very grateful uh, to him and your management team for that. You're listening to Jeremy McCarthy here on the Cork Street FM's Big Red Bench. We're speaking to Ellen Toomey, Ellen Murphy and Abby O'Mahony from the Glanmire LGFA senior team who will play in this year's All-Ireland Intermediate Final against Leitrim's Ballinamore, Sean O'Heslands on Saturday, 16th of December before Christmas. Um, Abby O'Mahony, is it too simplistic to say that beating Neva Vaughan and finally winning that Intermediate County title at the fourth attempt has been the springboard for all of this and getting to an All-Ireland final? Or was the relief of winning that just so important to you that you've just been playing without any kind of, you know, any worries or concerns? You're going into each game, going to give it your all. How important was it to finally get over that Intermediate County final, having lost the previous three? Um... Well, I like. I think I can speak on behalf of the, all the girls that like we were so grateful to uh, get to the point we're at now. But I you know I think there was definitely something special about uh, that win, uh, the county, the county final win. So yeah, ho- like hopefully we'll drive it on now. But um, they, we knew that um, Nave Bond, uh, uh, even playing uh, with them uh, with Cork, we knew that they're the brilliant punch girls and great footballers so it, it was going to be a tough competition and uh, we were very wary of that going into the game but we were also just so up to it mm. <laughs> and um, we just threw off the shackles <laughs> and just went for it um, so I think that we kind of maybe took that approach as well and it, it gave us it instilled confidence in ourselves um, to, to drive it on and I know and uh, we're in bonus territory and all that but realistically when you get on the pitch you just you want to win like as if it was any other game so um, yeah we, we, uh, we keep going and uh, like it's you know we can't we can't get this far now and not win we have to we have to do it <laughs> that's, the so. best, that's a good way of approaching it yeah. and just for Abby just, just on that we talked about important management team but the supporters and your families and your friends because you don't see these people. I understand that from a player's point of view. You don't see them. And at this time of year, coming up to Christmas, you've all got things to be doing in college or you're working, whatever. But it's work, it's college, and then it's football. And it's been that way for a while. But how important is the support that you've gotten? Because you got great support from Allah the last day as well. Oh, the support is huge. Like, as we speak now, I've balloons there at the corner of my eye that we got from district <laughs> uh, in Glamour. So uh, everyone, like the whole community has... Uh, has really come on board with it and uh, I know a few of the girls um, uh, were asked to visit uh, a couple of the primary schools as well today so it's it's just it's an exciting time um, but we also recognise that our sole focus is the football but it's it's nice it's it's something new and fresh to to have these experiences as well so um, everyone is welcome to the games of course and uh, we're, we were, we are very lucky with the support system we do have. You certainly are. And you'll also be hoping, Ellen Murphy, that as many people as possible can get to Croke Park to get behind you in this particular game because Leitrim's, um, as I said, Leitrim's, Ballinamore, Sean O'Heslands, they're bound to have a, a, a big support as well. It's a big day for them as well. I know you haven't probably done a lot of homework on them just yet, but any team that gets to an All-Ireland final, you know is a good team and they're going to test you. But from your own point of view, Ellen, um, you obviously want to see as many fans up there as possible. 
how much are you looking forward to this? I mean, the occasion and tra- traveling up to Crow Park, playing on that fantastic, fantastic surface in that stadium. It's going to be once in a lifetime. Well, hopefully not once in a lifetime for Glanwire, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, how much are you looking forward to it and how hopeful are you that the Glanwire community can go up to Dublin and get behind you? Um, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a massive occasion and it's such a brilliant stadium to get the chance to represent Glanmire in. Um, and, you know, a few people have been speaking to me now, even just today, looking for tickets. So it seems that the appetite is there anyway to travel up the road behind us. Um, it's a big stadium, so uh, we'll need a lot of support there to, to fill um, uh, the stand. But I'm um, really, really looking forward to it. I would imagine we've had a lot of families joining us along our journey from the beginning of the year um, and it's growing every game and the interest is there. There's an awful lot of young girls coming to our matches, which is fantastic. Um, it's great to see them um, and it's great that their parents are bringing them along to see, you know, girls playing. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it, hoping to get all the support from Glanmire, but there's been massive support. We've had a great year in Glanmire between the hurling and the camogie and the ladies football. And I think people are very aware of everything happening in GAA circles in Glanmire at the moment. They certainly are, and why not? Because as you said, they're correctly all the success that that part of the world has had over the last five months, and we hope there's one more trophy to be lifted before Santi comes down that chimney. Uh, Ellen Toomey, the captain, just before we finish up, um, did you have much of a chance to celebrate that intermediate county championship final win? And if so, how long did you celebrate for? You don't have to give me the full details because I know you won't, but I, just, I was just <laughs> eager to know because it was a quick turnaround to Munster quite, quite uh, not long after and Skibbereen were kind of in the same boat, but I don't know Rasa, but did you get a chance to enjoy that? Because I know you haven't had much of a chance since then. Um, no, we did. We, we did two nights of it. That's all. We, um, we obviously had the night after the county final, we went back to Sars's pavilion and then on the Sunday, we actually ended up in town. Now, it was actually nice because there seemed to be a couple of matches on. So there was a couple of G- different GAA teams out and about in town. And even without the jerseys on us, people were coming up congratulating us. And it was just a nice kind of feel good little reminder of what we did accomplish because at that stage, it hadn't sunk in with us yet. And I still don't think it fully has sunk in either. But yeah, we did. We celebrated it. Not probably as much as we would have liked because, as you said, we had the county final on a Saturday and the following Sunday, uh, only about eight days later, we were out for our first round of the Monster Championship. Um, so look, we did what we could. And I think we might have had a recovery session then on the Monday. So um, celebrations were cut short. I don't know was it intentionally by the management by having the recovery session, but that, do you know what? It's all worth it now looking back on it. Like mm. we'll have, we will have a short enough Christmas, but I'm sure we'll be celebrating win or lose next weekend, hopefully with a win and an extra trophy, as you said. Um, but yeah, the, we have to sacrifice and we know that as players that we do sacrifice um, this time of the year and it just makes it all the sweeter then when we actually can go out as a team and celebrate. It just means that small bit more as well. We had a recovery session after the two days drinking. I love that. Spoken like a true captain there, Ellen. Um, and Abby, just finally to you. I mean, obviously this is a very big squad. It's not just one player that's gotten you this far. It's, there's been heroes at different rounds and different matches. Um, it's that squad and that strength and that strength off the bench, which was very impressive as well. The last day against Nafina, it's going to be vital above in Crow Park. Yeah, I think, um, like overall we have a very young team and with that, I think, uh, there's a certain degree of fearlessness and 
I, I would consider us to be a creative bunch on, on the pitch. So, um, yeah, we we just keep driving on with that now and just play to our own strengths. I think everyone like has their like individual qualities that they they bring to to the squad, and I think it's great. Just like the girls, like I think the lads were saying. They've used uh, the five sub- subs for every match, and it was so evident how uh, those five subs came on and just helped uh, egg us on and uh, dr- drive it on and give the freshness that we uh, we needed at that time and stage of the game. Um, it's it's so important for uh, at the uh, at this stage of the year as well to to have the legs to bring on and to to just have that competition within the camp uh, to keep driving each other on uh, when, you know, in between the matches. So I think I think that's why we've been able to get as far as we have because we do have that strength and depth. Yep, fair point about the strength and depth. And just finally too, Ellen Murphy, obviously you're looking forward to the journey up and hopefully the journey back down with the, with the cup in tow. Um, are you the designated singer on the panel or is there one specific or a group of people that do the singing? <laughs> Well, you're definitely talking to the wrong person here anyway with me. Definitely not me. I don't know. I don't know who I'd call the singer. I think Sully might be the man. Sully's name keeps cropping up for a lot of things in fairness. He's multi-talented, all right? But uh, yeah, listen, um, it's been fantastic talking to the three of you, uh, Ellen Toomey, Ellen Murphy and Abby Amani of the Glanmire LGFA senior team playing in this year's current account of the All-Ireland LGFA Intermediate Final in Crow Park on December the 16th against Leitrim's Ballinamore, Sean O'Heslin's everybody here on Cork's Red FM, not just the big red bench, but the entire radio station. And I know a lot of clubs, every, a lot of other clubs in Cork have been in touch and through social media getting behind you. They wish you and O'Donovan Rossa all the best on that weekend before Christmas. Fingers crossed, one more step to go and we can bring that trophy back to Leeside. No team or no club, uh, along with O'Donovan Rossa, deserves it more, in my opinion, from following you over the last couple of years. I really do hope you go and get the business done on the day and we will be there and we will be shouting you on uh, as best as we possibly can. And hopefully, we might get a chance to talk to the three of you again just after Christmas with a, a trophy in tow. We'll wait and see. But for now, uh, Ellen Toomey, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks so much, Jay. Really appreciate it. Not at all. Abby Omani, thank you for the time. Thanks, Major. And Ellen Murphy, thanks very, very much for taking the time to speak to us here as well. Thank you very much, Jerry. All the best, girls, in that all Ireland final. Go get that trophy and we'll talk to you soon. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Ahead of Sunday's current account.ie All-Ireland Junior Club Championship final between Cork champions O'Donovan Rossa from Skibbereen and Mayo champions Claire Morris at Parnell Park, the Big Red Bench spoke to Trina Murphy, Christine Fitzgerald and Michelle Donlan ahead of an historic occasion for the West Cork Club. Now on Cork Shred FM's Big Red Bench, we are absolutely delighted to be joined by three members of the O'Donovan Rossa um, ladies football team who are heading to Parnell Park on Sunday, December the 17th at 2pm to play in this year's All-Ireland LGFA Junior All-Ireland Final. Um, we are delighted, as I said, to be joined by, first of all, Trina Murphy. Trina, how are you? Good, thanks, Jay. How are you? I'm good. Great. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're also joined by Michelle Donnellan. Michelle, you're welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks very much. I'm good, thanks. And yourself? I'm sure I'm not too bad. I'm busy, thanks to you. And uh, also, Christine Fitzgerald, uh, you're very welcome to the show. How are you? Good, thanks, Jer. No bother, no bother. Great to have you with us. Um, let's start with you, Trina. Before we talk about what's to come in Parnell Park on the Sunday, December 17th, let's quickly go back and talk about what was an unbelievable occasion on the 
only this past weekend and that was the All-Ireland semi-final which was held in Skibreen in Rossa Park when you took on the Leinster and Wexford champions Gus Aron. you won the game and, and played very very well and uh, you also knocked in a goal as I recall um, can you talk to me about the fantastic scenes afterwards and the way the crowd and the huge crowd they, that turned up how they reacted to the victory and how, how that made the whole panel feel yeah, it was absolutely amazing, Ger. Um, you know, I suppose before the game when we were warming up, you could see the crowd um, uh, like flooding into the park, but uh, it wasn't until afterwards that you could really enjoy it. You know, looking up onto the hill, it was just packed with people. And then it was so lovely, um, you know, walking off the field, the whole crowd got behind us and clapped us off. So it really was just special. And, you know, having all your family and friends and neighbours there, it was just amazing. Yeah, I, I mentioned in an echo or an echo article in, in tonight's echo and, and this week's article. By the time this recording comes out, it'll be gone. But it normally takes about less than a minute to walk from the pitch to the dressing room. Trina, it took you longer than that, simply because there was a sea of red and white. And I suppose you have you have you had a chance really to take it all in what you've achieved, or was that moment a reminder of how far you've come? Yeah, um, I suppose that moment is just special and it's something that will live on in our memories for a long time. Do you know, when we look back at it, it'll definitely be something that we'll remember. Um, do you know, just getting to the changing room, there was just so many people coming up, hugging you, congratulating you. Um, it was just amazing. And to see like all the red and white, you know, to see supporters that wouldn't have been at games and then to see the supporters that have been there all year. It was just incredible. And that's the thing, Michelle Donlin, like, um, you know, when you're on this journey, you've gone through winning the Junior A County after losing last year's final, then sweeping through Munster, uh, and then, you know, leaving these shorts to go to Glasgow to go to a quarter final. It's only, I suppose, you had a real opportunity to understand how much the town of Skibreen appreciates what you've done. You got to see that last weekend. Yeah, it was brilliant. Just seeing everyone out there supporting us and the town covered in red and white, all the businesses. And people coming up to you like all during the week just saying, you know, wishing us well. And even them themselves couldn't believe, you know, that an All-Ireland semi-final was being played at home. And it was just brilliant to have it being played at home. It was amazing. Yeah. Was it a bit more nervy than normal in the build-up and in the dressing room just before? A small bit more because, you know, you're at your hometown. You want to make sure that you're going to do well. And, well, the team was all, we were all behind us. We all wanted it anyway. So everyone was... That's what we wanted to do, just get out there and win it. And is that it, Christine? I mean, the focus remains the same, irrespective of where you play your matches. There was a lot of extra hype in this semi-final because it was in Skibbereen, but um, you got the job done. Yeah, I think like we tend to approach every game the same way. We want to go out, we want to win it. Can't control the crowd, can't control the referee. There's nothing we can do about those, so all we could do was focus on ourselves. And I think... We um, warmed up over in the Riverside Complex, which was away from the crowd, and I think that helped as well. You know, we timed to do a good warm-up, come back into the dressing room, have a chat, go out. That's where we saw the crowd, first of all. Um, so, yeah, I think we just, as I say, we approach every game the same way. We want to go out and we want to win it. And that's and what we went, went and did. It, he certainly did, and did it did in some style. And is that the same approach, Christine, that you need to take now against Claire Morrison in All-Ireland Final? You've just got, there's going to be a huge amount of hype, even more so than the semi-final, because you're going to Parnell Park. It's an All-Ireland Final. I know it's very close to Christmas, but there's going to be a huge crowd following you up there as well. Is it more of the same, just focusing and doing the things that have gotten you to this point? Definitely. Um, I think like while we were prepared for the Munster final in terms of our football, we probably weren't prepared in terms of the hype. We weren't expecting such a big crowd or the music and everything that went with it. But now we've experienced all that. We've experienced, obviously, the home semi-final, which was the biggest crowd we 
will ever play in front of probably. Um, so I think that's all prepared us for it. Oh, I doubt. I doubt that's the biggest crowd you're ever going to play in front of as time goes on, Christine. I would hope so, anyway. But yeah, it's it's a fair, it's a good point. Trina, yourself and Laura Manny uh, in midfield covered some amount of ground the last day, and you've been doing that all the way through the county, the Munster Provincial, and now the All Ireland Championship. Um, the goal that you scored, you told me after the game that you didn't mean it. We're going to edit that out because you did mean it. You were going for the top corner all along, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it was absolutely amazing. I suppose I was just in the right place at the right time. Um, it could easily have been any of the other um, girls there, but it just meant so much that it did go in. So it was absolutely amazing, yeah. Um, your management team this year, Trina, especially a lot of individuals that have been behind the scenes for a few years, but James O'Donovan and his influence on this team, can you can you put it into context just how important he's been to you this year? Oh, it's just been incredible. Um, you know, since James came on board this year, it's just been amazing, you know, all the trainings have just been um, so good, you know, there's been so much structure to them, you know, exactly what you're supposed to do. And then um, each game, you know, they've worked so hard, there's so much um, organising goes on in the background that you don't need to worry about anything. Um, just go out and play your football and you know exactly what you're to do as well. You know, everyone um, knows their role and... Um, you know, it's just incredible and I think it's it's working anyway, so it's great. That's that's a very good point you made there, um, Trina and Michelle, the fact that even when you travelled over, you know, to, to Glasgow, that you didn't have to worry about anything, just get your, I think it was all your passports is all you were asked for, that you could just focus on the job that you were being asked to do and that's because there's a really hard-working committee and a lot of dedicated volunteers working that we don't normally see behind the scenes at Little Rossa. Yeah, like what they do behind the scenes is amazing. There's there's loads goes into it. And like you said, all we had to do was just show our passport, show up on the day for the bus, get on the plane, land there, go to the hotel, wake up the following morning, breakfast is organised, the bus is organised. It's just, it's incredible the way they've just set us up all year. We haven't had to worry about anything, only just go out and do what we're meant to do and, you know, play our best and win the game, hopefully. <laughs> Did you see this coming, Michelle? Did you see an All-Ireland, okay, not an All-Ireland final, but did I know the determination that was there to win the Junior A County this year, and boy, did you, were, were you determined, I know why, because I was there with you last year as well. But once you came out of the county, was it a case of, okay, the pressure's off, or did you sit down and talk about what you wanted to do in Munster, or has it just organically gone the way it has? Yeah, kind of a bit of both, like once we won the county, which was our main focus, and then we kind of went out, and give it a shot and of course yeah we wanted to see how far we could go but I don't think anyone ever realised that at this time we'd be going into an All-Ireland final still playing football in December and still training you know a couple of nights a week it's it's great it's amazing and it's actually made the winter so much shorter you know having something to look forward to it's it's yeah it's amazing (laughs) and much like the Castlehaven men's team it's just interesting you made that parallel about shortening the winter Michelle Christine there's a lot of people in Skibreen and if you drive through Skibreen it's amazing obviously the Christmas decorations are over the moment but there's red and white in every single it's not just a cliche in every window in every porch there's a red and white scarf a hat uh, a teddy bear this the town and the club have genuinely gotten behind you much like the community in Union Hall and Castle Townsend and they've said the same thing that this has been a lovely thing for older people living in the area, something to focus in on to keep them interested, to keep them going. Have you felt that the same way in Skibreen? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, everywhere any of us go, we're asked about you know when the next match is, or are we part of the team? I obviously work in primary school in Skib, and every child that passes me in the corridor wishes me luck or says well done. They make a bracelet for me. 
bunch of pictures I've got from them is amazing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just amazing to see everyone behind us. And as you say, in short in the winter, I hardly even know it's near Christmas because <laughs> we haven't had a chance to think about that yet. So basically, you become rock stars, is what you're saying, but you just don't want to admit it just yet. Is that it? Yeah. You're the rock star, and that's cool. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Trina, uh, we have to remember too now that as fantastic as this journey has been to this point, there's another team standing across from me uh, in that All Ireland final, and um, you know they are going to be just as hungry to win that All Ireland final come All Ireland final day as yourselves. When do the preparations ramp up? Now is it just a week before the match itself that you're going to focus back in, or have you had a bit of time just after the semi final, just a bit of downtime, and um, before you get you turn your minds and full focus on that All Ireland final? Um, yeah, so um, I suppose our preparation will be just like um, every other game. Do you know, um, we were back training there now last night. Um, we train on Wednesday nights, so it was great to get back with the girls. And, you know, um, obviously at the start of training, we were just talking about the great achievement it is and how amazing it'll be. But then as soon as training starts, it was just heads down again and um, getting ourselves in the best shape as possible. And, um, you know, from now on, it'll start, like, you know, eating right, sleep drinking right getting hydrated and um just the same as every other game i suppose we'll go out and there's a job to be done and hopefully that um we'll get over the line on the sunday the 17th yeah because on sunday the 17th trina claire morris are just going to be they're going to be just as hungry as you and they've been an equally impressive run to get to their um all-ireland final you probably did i don't know if you knew much about gosseran coming into the semi-finals or did it matter Are, are you just so fully focused on yourselves that the opposition that you might not have met same way and you went on the road in Tipperary you went on the road in Clare you beat the Kerry champions you might not know an awful lot about the opposition but has it just been a case with James O'Donovan and his team just focusing in on what you do? Um, yeah so we don't know much about our opposition um, we kind of leave that up to uh, James and the lads you know they kind of do their research on them and um, they'll inform us then so um, you know I suppose we do kind of talk a little bit about them um, but we just try to keep the um, focus on our game and, you know, if we play the way we're playing all year, play our running game and then obviously get back and, get back and defend, um, then, like, that's our main aim. So um, I suppose just go out and play the best football that we can play and if we play to our potential, then I'm sure hopefully um, it'll be a cracking game. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking game, I think, definitely. Michelle, you're part of a defence that we've written extensively about this year that has been absolutely playing lights out football. I can see the smiles from the other people. The midfielders have been just as impressive, the forwards have been just as impressive, and the goalkeeper's been lights out, sorry. So we've covered everyone there. But specifically the back six and the people that have come into the back six in and out of it, Michelle, it's, there's been noticeable improvement in your defence this year. That's not a, a cliche, that's a fact. It must be refreshing to play in such in a defence where you seem to trust each other and you seem to know what each other is doing. Is, is that a fair comment? Yeah, it definitely is. Like This year we just seem more in tune with each other and we just all want to do as well as we can for each other and we'd all be there backing each other up. And our aim usually for every game is that no goals, we're not letting any goals in, and that's that's what we try and do. But it's not just us, like it's like literally from one to fifteen, like the forwards, the midfielders, everyone, they're all coming back to help out and it's just working as a team. And so far it's working. 
<laughs> oh, it certainly yeah. is. Uh, so far, it's working, Michelle. You've been very, very modest about it. But has it helped, I suppose, as you said, like that you have a set way of, of, of how you go about defending, the way you shut down Gusser on the last day, the way you've defended so well, I think, this year in the county final as well. I don't know if you remember against Donnie's. You held a really talented Donnie's forward line, a really talented Donnie's forward line at that grade in that final for over 25 minutes. And like that doesn't just happen. It's obviously something you've worked on since the start of the year. Yeah, we've definitely worked on it. Just, just trying to, yeah, basically just keep everyone out. Just work together. Make sure there's no ball, or you know, if if someone is in a bit of trouble, that you know, there's always going to be someone there behind you to back you up. Or then we've Christine then behind us, and she's always looking out for us as well, telling us, you know, go left, go right, or you know, and then the kickouts then as well. You know, her kickouts have been amazing as well, which always helps to get us going again mm-hmm. and up to the forwards. But yeah, it's definitely one to fifteen. We all we just look out for each other. And with that glowing reference, Christine, I turn to you. Um, obviously, you made a very, very important save against Gusaran early on. What's it like playing behind this defence? And not just the defence, obviously, the midfield and the forwards, but specifically the six players and this two or three that have come on off the bench as well this year. Like It, it, it must be, refresh, I suppose, it must be reassuring for a goalkeeper when you see your defenders playing as well as they do. Yeah, to be honest, it's great. I mean, the amount of blocks that are in there is unbelievable. Even before that save, the last day, Sarah Hurley had got an unbelievable block in, which meant that the angle then was narrowed for the girl who was taking the kick. So small little things like that really help, or even just the fact that everyone trusts each other and they're defending in numbers. You always have extra people back. It's, it's just a pleasure to work behind them. And uh, you're very polite when you're telling people to get into position? Oh yeah, very of course. As a, as, a, as a teacher, you know, you wouldn't be using any any untoward words or anything. Telling me, oh no, you're, you're, no, not at all. Michelle, Michelle, Michelle will vouch for me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's very she's lovely. <laughs> don't believe a word of it. Um, Trina, uh, getting to Parnell Park when you get close to Parnell Park, I don't know. You, I presume you're going to be on a bus. Is there a routine on the bus or with the team uh, on the away matches this year? Like, is somebody in charge of music? Have we got singers? Have we any singers on this call this evening? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I've interviewed all the singers basically already and you haven't told me that. But yeah. I suppose, Trina, from, from Donovan Ross's point of view, and again, leading into an all earned final, the routine is going to be very, very important. You mentioned nutrition, you mentioned hydration, you mentioned this, the training and all the things that have to fall into place the week of an all earned final. But just the hours beforehand, um, is there a routine on the bus? Like, do you have people who sit in specific seats or do you just get on with it? Um, yeah, so I think we're going to be going up the night before, so we're going to go up the Saturday night and we're going to stay above on the Saturday. Um, so I think um, the away game in Glasgow will definitely stand to us there. You know, we've had a night away already, so we know um, the preparation and the routines that go into that. Um, but then once we uh, get up in the morning, you know, have our breakfast and once we get on the bus, I think, um, like, you know, travelling away all year, we've been away to Tipperary, away in Clare. Mm-hmm. Um, away again in Mallow and then Glasgow um, it'll really stand to us and you know the preparation has been you know you get on the bus you have a bit of crack and laugh and then when you're about 30 minutes away from the pitch you know everyone really just focuses down you put in your head your air um, your headphones you know listening mm-hmm. to your music you're really just focused in um, and then suppose we save the singing and everything to the bus journey home then so um do you know it's it's great you know you can just focus in but I think that you're with the team as well it really helps you know because um you're all nervous together you're all excited and if you have like um a doubt in your mind or if you're 
questioning anything, you know, you can speak to any one of them and um, they'll reassure you that everything's going to be fine. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's great. It certainly is. I'm, I'm getting excited now. Don't worry, talk about it. Um, and Michelle, just for you, finally, like, uh, has it sunk in? I mean, you're, you're in an All-Ireland final, but can you even imagine, you've seen the effect of what you've done for the parish of Skibbereen already, but what would an All-Ireland final victory do? I mean, if you think about it positively, like what effect, and wouldn't that just be something fantastic to end the year with? Oh, it'd be brilliant for everyone, like let alone ourselves, but the whole community, like they, like everyone's buzzing. They just, you know, can't wait for the day and hopefully now on the day it will go our way and we'll do everything we can. You know, we'll all go out and fight for each other, but just to bring that cup and an All-Ireland medal home would be just the icing on the cake. It just really would make everyone's Christmas, I think. And Skibbereen will probably be pretty busy then for a week, I would say, after. <laughs> Yeah, if you win that, I might have to give you a week off before I start looking for interviews again. Christine, we will leave the final word to you as the goalkeeper of this team heading up to Parnell Park to play in an All-Ireland final with the Parish of Skibreen and all of West Cork. It's been lovely, I think. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see on social media the amount of clubs, not just in West Cork, but East Cork, North Cork and Mid Cork, wishing you well. Glanmire as well, wishing you all well. There's a lot of goodwill and a groundswell of hope behind you. Um, and that must be a nice thing to know in the back of your mind that there's so many people who are really going or really hoping that you do it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely, like, and I think it's really driven us on as well, you know. Um, see, uh, we have seen some of that on social media, but even just around town, everywhere, anyone you meet, as I say, wishes you luck. And it's just lovely. It's humbling. Um, and to see the support and the support we got in trying to get to Glasgow as well was amazing. But I think that's down to the um, committee that's behind us, the coaches and everyone. They have put the word out there and let everyone know. And we've just had to put on the the performance on the pitch. And you've certainly done that in some style, not just winning the County Junior A Championship without losing a game, but uh, winning the Provincial Championship in Munster, winning a fantastic and a game I'll never forget at home in your home park against Gus Ryan in the semi-finals. Just one more step to go. Sunday, December the 17th, Parnell Park in Dublin at 2pm. Claire Morris versus O'Donovan Rossa in the current account. .ie LGFA All-Ireland Junior Club Final. On behalf of everyone, not just at the Big Red Bench, but in Cork's Red FM, we are behind you 100% O'Donovan Rasa, Trina Murphy, Michelle Donnell and Christine Fitzgerald, thank you very much for your time and we wish you all the best. Best of luck. Thanks very much. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Resident rugby expert Wendy Keenan joined me on this week's Cork's Red FM Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast to interview two of Munster Women's Rugby's fastest rising stars. Twin sisters Eva and Kira Fleming began their rugby journey with mum Kathleen and her twin daughters first got involved with Carrick and Shore RFC. Older sister Caitlin made the breakthrough at Munster level before Eva and Kira followed suit and recently began lining out for women's AIL Division 1 club Ballancolic RFC. Eva and Kira spoke to us about their journey, the importance of Munster rugby's pathway and why rugby is such an inclusive sport and positive choice for any young schoolgirl. Wendy and I also reviewed the latest women's AIL, Munster Women's Division 1 and Division 2 League, plus recent Munster Youth's results from across the province. Now, here on Cork's Red FM's Big Red Bench, we are absolutely delighted on our regular weekly Munster Women's Rugby slot to be joined by two very, very important players, Kira and Aoife Fleming. Uh, they are identical twins, they are 19 years old, and they have been involved in uh, Munster Women's Rugby since an early age, and currently play their trade for Ballancolic in the Women's AIL Division 1. So a very big welcome, first of all, to you, Aoife. How are you? I'm good now. How are you? I'm flying it. And Kira, you're okay? 
Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> All good so far, no nerves. We're also joined, as usual, on our regular Munster Women's Rugby slot here on the Big Red Bench by our resident Munster Rugby expert, Wendy Keenan. Wendy, how are you? I'm great, Jar. How are you keeping? I'm mighty. Uh, delighted to have you on with us to talk to these two very, very important people. And let's just get a bit of background, first of all, for people who don't know you. As I said, you're both 19 years old. You're identical twins. You're currently uh, studying in Mary Eye. Um, but we wanted to talk to you because your family is pretty much steeped in Munster women's rugby. So, Kira, I know that yourself and Aoife have come through the Munster pathway, but talk to me about the other members of your family and how they have been involved with Carrick and Shore RFC. Well, first, um, it was Caitlin who started rubbing for our family. She was around 15, and then we all kind of started after her. Um, Mam was the, uh, she's now the uh, women's development officer inside Carrick, so we all joined Carrick, and we haven't looked back since really after that. Um, she's a massive part inside it, and we just loved it all ever since. And yeah, Eva, was it easy to get involved with rugby at the start? I mean, was it was it as popular as it is now in terms of numbers when you started out? Um, well, it wasn't. Well, when Mammy first came to the club, there wasn't many players at all. She went out to schools and stuff around Carrick, and then that's how she built up the numbers in the club and um, and give it a try. And all that really brought in the numbers and stuff for the club. So it was really good. And Eve, is, is mommy a good watcher when the daughters are playing? Is she kind of quiet and reserved on the sideline? Oh, not really. She's probably <laughs> the loudest one on the sideline. Well, for most of it, she, she'd probably tell you different. But uh, <laughs> no, she's our biggest supporter. And she's, I suppose she's everyone's biggest supporter. She's just like a, a mother, for not just for us, but for everyone on the, who was on the team. Like. Very good. And Aoife, just on that, Caitlin starting out and just being that bit older than you at the start, obviously you got a taste for it and you enjoyed it. But how soon did you know you wanted to take it, you know, a bit more seriously? How soon did it develop for you? And, uh, you know, not just through Carrick and Shore RFC, but up through the Munster pathway. How did that work out for you? I think it's when Caden started playing for Munster. It's when we were like, um, we were like, that's, it was really cool, like, to have like a sister, like a role model to like be playing for Munster. And then we thought maybe someday we might be able to be like, be like her as well. So, we said we'd give it a go anyways and we caught up to her and achieved as much as she did. You certainly have. And Kira, like, you know, you've both already played for Munster at that level and you played into pros. Can you remember your debut against Connacht? It was during COVID time, so it was kind of hard enough. Like, we didn't get to travel by bus or anything. But um, we came up and we got bet 7-5. It was a tough game, but... It was unreal to have our first um, first game, and like our whole family was there as well. Like our mum and our dad, our, our mum and Caitlin and dad, and um, it was it was a really good game. Yeah, <laughs> how, our first game. How proud a moment was it having the two of you in the dressing room? Do you remember just before you went out what I was like, Kira? Yeah, I know. It's just it's just mad to even think to have the press have the jersey on. You know, like we saw Caitlin do it, so we're like having us doing it as well it's just really enjoyable yeah and the same for you Aoife I suppose when you're getting out onto the pitch for the first time it's not easy but putting on the Munster jersey I mean that's a big responsibility especially when your older sister had already been there like were there, were there many nerves oh yeah there, there'll always be nerves like we don't 
getting very nervous so much things I suppose in school and stuff we, we don't get too nervous about test stuff but there's only one thing is rugby when we get nervous before so um no yeah it's definitely it's a huge privilege but there's loads of pressure on it as well I suppose so like to do well and everything like that and if like making the step up I mean that's fantastic at underage under 18 level and playing you know at that grade but making the step up to the women's AIL with Ballancolic how did that come about and how have you found that experience Oh, it's it's been a great experience so far. We're, like when we first came, we we're like, oh, like we'll probably like hopefully get on the squad, maybe be on the bench and like um, work our way up onto the starting team. But now, like we're on the starting team week in week out, and we're we're learning so much and we're growing so much, especially from the older players on the team who played who were on the monster squad already, and like they're so they're so helpful to us, and we're learning so much since we've been here. And Jeremy, just jump in there, girls, and you can both answer. What's it like playing against your role models? Like you're now playing AIL and you're playing against the girls, you know what I mean, who play for Ireland in that green jersey, which I'm sure you have aspirations of getting there. So what's that experience like, you know, for any young girl coming through when you get to play against those players for the first time? Um, It's crazy to think that we could even be near them, like being able to play against them. Like the likes of when we just played against Railway, against like Lindsay Peace, like we remember watching her since such a young age and it's playing, coming up against her, oh my God. But like, we like playing against those big players because it shows like how far we can be from, like how far, how close we can be to them and, and to get to that level, like we know how we can improve and stuff. And is that a motivating factor then for training even harder, going to the gym, doing more? You know, I know you're in to play with Balancholic, so I know it's a big ask. No, definitely, because we know where we, like, we know what the aim is, like the end goal is to play for Ireland. So, like, that means by putting in the work, training harder, like, getting better all the time, that's how we're going to achieve it, really, like. And I suppose we're always talking about the pathway here and the regional development squads and, you know what I mean, the girls' camps in Bandon. And you've been part of that journey with the women's development officers, Ken and Willie. How important are those projects and initiatives in terms of the development of young girls? And I'm very interested as well because I know the team that you played with that under-18, that brilliant Monster under-18 team. And, you know what I mean, the friendships that you formed. I mean, you know, that they're important as well as on the pathway. Yeah, no, it's it's vital. Like, me and Aoife, we've come up the ranks with uh, Ken Willie. They've been with us every step of the way as well. And, like, we've not a one bad word to say about them. They're just unbelievable. Like, they've had made the pathway for us going, coming up through the, from club to monster level. Like, it's it's been unbelievable. But, like, we did the, like summer camps when we were younger, give it a try. Like it's just, it brings in more and more girls every year and it just, it's good to see them all coming in then and saying, especially when we're, we're um, our, it was like our very first residential camp so Monster Under 18 was um, there last year and like it just gave us like an insight into how like nearly how pro rugby is like and even our team building from there like just grew so much and like the friendships we built throughout there because when you have friendships like outside like, it just comes together when you are out as well so it's, it was a really great experience as well and and Jerry, I'm going to go in here and tell you because mm-hmm. I've been in Turnus on the on <laughs> 
Sorry, I interrupted them there as friends for life because I was just going to say I was in Thurlis. Um, it was a Thurlis for a final or Carrick for a final on a Thursday night one time because the girls were going off, you know, to to camp and there was a full-on disco by the time I left. The, in the girl, and these two girls were at the centre of it with the speaker, I said, and it was a big party. So is that enjoyment factor really, really important? Because what we're seeing and across all sports, what we see is a big drop off between, you know, that 16 to 18 age group. So what do you think is really important to happen at that age to keep girls playing rugby or any sport? Um, I suppose like whatever team we've been on, we've just enjoyed it so much. Like you bring out the speaker, everyone's out dancing or singing or some before or after a game. Like it's, I think it's like team building or little things like they give it a try and just get to know people and just have that like for people to get to know rugby. Yeah, like I suppose even here in Badacolic, there's the Division One and the AIL, so it has like a the balance between fun and serious competitive rugby. So like at least there's something for everyone while they're here. So and like I think that's a good way to. Um, keep girls in it as well because you know not everyone wants to stay in real competitive rugby it's there for the social aspect as well and I think also having a female head coach Helen Brosnan here as well it keeps us in like it's we actually we love her here as well she's unbelievable to have and it's just she's just a role model she's played for Munster and for Ireland and she's coached Munster as well and we all aspire to be like her so it's unreal to have her as a coach here in Ballincollig as well. I think that's just inspirational, Jar, isn't it? That they're, you know, that your coach is your role model. It's hard to follow that, you know what I mean, for any other coaches that you're going to have in the future. Well, but, um, sorry, Jar, go on. Yeah, no, especially ones that let a boombox wherever it is you use these eight kids inside the dressing room. It seems that we found the two, uh, the two main protagonists when it comes to the music and the dancing in this group. So good choice, Wendy, as ever for the interviews. Um, can I ask Eva and Kira, do you ever fall out? Uh, it's not very regular anyways like uh, I suppose if there is a mistake on fit we're more likely to that's what I'm getting at if it was anyone else like you'd be it's easier to forgive and forget but I suppose too once we'd be a little harder on each other but we always know it's from like a good place though and uh, we just want each other to get better kind of no way we always end up beside each other on the field anyways, no matter what, giving the tip on or whatever. I know it's just a twin thing, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and just what would you say, uh, just find one for me, what would you say to any young girl, a young family of a young girl that is considering maybe going to their local rugby club and they mightn't have done it in the past. They know the rugby club is there. They know the Munster Women's Rugby, it's certainly Minis Rugby and Munster Youth Rugby, thanks to Wendy's promotion of it here via or Big Red Bench every week, we know how massive this is now and in the schools and everything else for young girls. But for the two of you, you first, Kira, and then you, Aoife, what would you say, what's the one thing you would say to a family of a young girl who's considering joining a rugby club and why they should definitely get involved? Um, I suppose there's two big words, fun and inclusive. Like I find rugby's probably been the most inclusive sport I've ever been in and I've made absolute friends for life because it's been fun and just... It's been great crack, so that's, I, I'd say definitely, if you are thinking of any sport to go to, rugby is 100%. You should definitely go to your local rugby club. Um, I personally think that like, you definitely should um, pick up rugby. Like it's, it's, personally, I think it's one of the best sports out there. Yeah, as Kiri said, it is very inclusive. Like, 
there's any anyone can play it really like there's there's even here in Balagali they have like as I said the Division 1 the AIL and then there's um what's called the mixed ability team then as well so like it's really a sport for anyone and you should definitely join I think yeah, big shout out to our Trailblazers. We we try and feature them a little bit here. And I suppose just a, a final little piece, because I know that, you know, you'd love to have played in the school's cup now that we have junior, senior cup. But you have, you know, given back to the sport as well by doing a little bit of coaching. Um, so do you want to speak a little bit about that and, you know, your experience of coaching? And maybe that's something that you'll consider in the far off future when you're finished playing. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, we, when we were in sixth year in Cashel, uh, they started up... Um, a junior rugby team. So me and Kira started, um, we coached a bit in that. So uh, hopefully we'll get back there again in the coming years anyways to help out a bit. Um, with the, we held out with the minis in Carrick and the, some of the under 16 girls as well. And then with the under 16 Munster girls for the sevens, uh, just gone this year. So we had great uh, success with the two of them because uh, we both had a team each and we came out fairly well at the end, which was good as well. It's a bit of rivalry as well. <laughs> <laughs> and my final question, what's the goal for the for the rest of this season? Um, I suppose the goal for us is just to keep playing away with Balancholic and um, just keep progressing because it's our first year senior as well. So we just want to keep getting better and just getting more and more experience and for our future goals in the future, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, just to keep playing AIL, hopefully keep the jersey that we're playing in now and just get better and better. And hopefully um, we'll get to our goal in the end anyways. Well, if ever there was... Um... If ever there was a promotion needed for Monster Women's Rugby, not that there is, our Monster Youths or Monster Minis, I think we've just heard it. And uh, it's refreshing uh, to hear two players and two people still so young, still so um, passionate about the game and so positive about it because you're, you've covered all the points there, not just the seriousness of it at AIL level, but also the importance of the camaraderie and the fun. And I think there are two very important words and you kept mentioning them all the way through the interview. So, Takira and Eva Fleming, twin sisters, it's been a real pleasure uh, talking to you here on the Big Red Bench. I know we're going to come back and talk to you again sometime in the future uh, to see how the careers are progressing before you obviously take up full-time coaching roles. Now that Wendy has put the idea in your heads, uh, once you start with the minis, you can't get out. But um, listen, uh, the, the very, very best of luck to both of you in, in whatever comes uh, in your rugby careers in the coming months and years. We will be keeping a close eye here on the Big Red Bench on our regular segment. And uh, I'll leave the final word to Wendy Keenan because I know Wendy um, is very positive about the two of you and what you've already achieved and what you're going to achieve in the future. So we'll give the final word to Wendy. No, I suppose look to congratulate the girls. They're a great advocate for the game, but most importantly, they do it with a smile on their face. And, you know, they've said it themselves about inclusive. They're always talking to everybody, you know, and, and girls of all different ages. And to see them come up through the pathway, play under 18s, and no doubt we'll see them in those senior jerseys. Um, I mean, to be playing AIL, starting women's AIL in your first year, you know, in having come out of youth rugby is a huge accomplishment and just congratulate you to the both and just keep doing it with that smile because it's infectious. Kira Neefer Fleming, thanks very much for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. Thank you. Thank you. Now then, another very, very busy weekend at both adult and underage Munster Women's Rugby throughout the province. So let's have a quick check on all the results from as many of the games as we can cram in. Let's start though, Wendy, with the Women's AIL Division 1 and UL Bows on the, on the mark yet again. 
Yeah, so they retain top of the table going into the Christmas break, uh, defeating Old Belvedere away from home. So 20 to, 20 to 5, or 2015 was the final score there, sorry. Um, so they'll be absolutely thrilled. We know that there's going to be a break and play now for them because they've so many players, you know, going off to this Celtic Cup. So a lovely way to, to finish off the, the start of the season for them. Yes, their consistency has been most, most impressive at the top of the table and they deserve to be where they are and it's based on their performance. It's a good win as well over Old Belvedere. On to Munster Division 1 and Division 2 where we had lots of games as well this past weekend. Yeah, so two matches um, were played in Division 1. We had um, a flood pitch uh, postponed one of the fixtures, but uh, Dolphin lost out to UL Bowes seconds, so 29-17 was the final score there. And hardly any scoring in uh, down in Tralee. So they finished up Tralee 3, Shannon 0. So that's most a unusual. Good defensive effort. That, yeah, that we've been having. And then Middleton will be thrilled. Division 2, they defeated Port Clonakilty. Sorry now, Jerry. Sorry. I know they're close to your heart. But um, look, another lovely win. 8-7 was the final score there. So uh, a highly contested match, I'm sure, till the final whistle. Yeah, good tight matches, nothing like them uh, when it comes to the defences and the tackling and especially with the conditions, I'm sure but, uh, all those teams put in fantastic efforts um, and good wins, as you said there, for the clubs involved. At Munster, under 14 and under 16, this past weekend, considering the poor weather, Wendy, how many of the matches yeah, were completed? Great fixture, so a lot of results to get through, so I'll start flying through them. So uh, we'll start with the Limerick affair between Richmond and Sa- Shannon. So Richmond taking the spoils there. So Richmond 28, Shannon 10. Um, uh, as we see, Ennis are really on a roll here. Um, Ennis uh, 47, Balnacle lose Gareth 17. Uh, Dungarvan were beaten by Cove 49-19. Um, Dolphin Christians beat Ballon College 21-14. Uh, Dunwenway Bantry had uh, a good win over Tralee Castle Island 30-0. And then Brough winning again 35-14 over Gary Owen Galbally. And Feather Thurless too strong for Old Crescent 30-0. So that's the under-14s. And if we move on to the under-16s then. So Middleton Yaw too strong for Ballancolic at under 16 34-12 and very narrow uh, win for Dolphin over Waterpark 19-17 uh, Brough again too strong for Ballinacolu 32-0 there um, Feather Thurless 12 UL Garion uh, 42 so they'll be thrilled with that result another close one Ennis 20 Kilrush 17 their neighbours up the road um, Shannon 30 Richmond Old Crescent 0 and Clonakilty a big one over done Manway Bantry 30 nil there so you'll be smiling at that one <laughs> yeah and as you said like there's so much going on at the weekends as well like just even to get the results in like we'd be here you know it's a, it's a it's an hour long uh, show if we were to go through every single match but it's brilliant even at this late stage of the year to see all those clubs dotted around the province both at adult and underage level when you're getting those games played because there's a bit of a Christmas break now or maybe there isn't and then we're back at it again yeah, there'll be a bit of a Christmas break, you know, when we'll have the minis coming in. But the big thing, uh, if you're going ahead for our online next week is we have the cup fixtures, but we can't announce them just yet. We'll have to wait till next week because um, there's a big, ex- uh, exciting announcement expected. So um, I don't have the permission to give the spoils on that, I'm afraid. So we'll we'll wait till next week. There's a caveat in the hook, though, for next week's episode. Definitely. Now we have to have one. Uh, what, excellent stuff. Always good news emanating from Monster Women's Rugby at this time of the year. And as you said, great to see so many age groups involved in the minis on the way back. And after the break, we'll also have some cup headlines as well to take us through the, the Christmas period. Nothing like it. Uh, thank you very, very much once again for joining us this week on the Big Red Bench. Wendy Keane, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Millinger. The Big Red Bench. Game on.
Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Munster Women's Hockey PRO Graham Catchball is back on the Big Red Bench to review the latest rounds of the Munster Women's Hockey season. Graham provides results and scores from all the recent women's Munster Division 1 ties. And Graham and I also look ahead to this weekend's Munster Women's Hockey matches. Now here on the Big Red Bench, we are delighted to welcome Munster Hockey Piero Graham Catchball to talk to us about the latest happenings in the Munster Women's Senior Cup and all things about the fixtures coming up and uh, all the latest from the Munster Women's Hockey scene. Graham, you're very welcome back to the bench. How are you? Good, Jared. Thanks for having me. Yes, we missed you last week. Uh, a combination of weather and a combination of just different time, uh, low for for a change. Uh, some some breathing space for the fixtures, but we came back with a bang this past weekend with the women's Munster Senior Cup and some interesting results. Yeah, so the the quarter final of the the women's Munster Senior Cup took place uh, last weekend. Um, Harlequins uh, continuing their good form with a five nil win over uh, Crescent. Um, Black Rock squeezing through against uh, Water. 1-0 winners, um, always a tricky tie to, to travel to Waterford, so well done to them. And UCC continuing their form with a, a 6-0 win over over Bandon. Um, the final fixture, um, so the, the last quarterfinal between C of I and Ashton has actually been played this week. Um, so I'm sure we'll speak about that next week, Ger. We certainly will. That Harlequins result and that UCC result would would follow their league form in that it wasn't that surprising, but the manner of and, and the goal scorers and the margin of victory just shows that these two teams remain the two teams at the top of the Munster Women's Division 1 league to catch. Yeah, the, the, the two of them are, are really, I suppose, uh, running away with things at the moment. As you can see from Division 1, um, it, 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 there's really a huge gap between second place and, and, and third place. Um, and, and I suppose that leads us nicely maybe to the, to the fixtures this weekend, Ger. And, and that crucial fixture we've been speaking about for a while is taking place in the Maradike at 12 o'clock. UCC hosting uh, Cork Harlequins in, in what could be a, a title decider. Um, uh, so a, a superb fixture to look forward to and encourage anybody, um, I suppose, who has any interest in, in hockey or any sport to go down and, and, and see that one. So it promises to be a great game. It certainly does. On December the 16th, Saturday, December 16th, as Graham has just said there at noon in the Mardike, UCC and Harlequins going head to head at the top of the Women's Monster Division 1 League. And that's because Cork Harlequins and UCC are tied on 30 points apiece at the top of the table. Harlequins, however, have played a game extra. Then Church of Ireland, Ashton, Blackrock, Crescent, Waterford and Bandon rounding out the top eight in that particular division. But yes, as we've talked about a lot this year, uh, this is a very big game because the top two and the two teams who are going to pretty much one of these two teams is going to win that particular division. They've both done ext- extremely well in the Munster Women's Senior Cup, as you've just outlined. A 5 0 win for Harlequins, a 6 0 win for UCC. These are the form teams of this division this year, Graham. I suppose more than anything, um, have UCC got a slight advantage in that they've got a game in hand? I know they won't go into it thinking that, but the fact that they've got that game in hand, if they were to lose, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, I suppose um, it, it's an interesting one for UCC because um, they, they won the, the first fixture in a, in a very, very close match, 1-0. Um, yeah, UCC will, will, will probably feel that, you know, a draw might do them, uh, might be enough if, if they if they both continue their, their good form against the, the rest of the division. Um, whereas Harlequins probably have to have to come out a small bit more and, 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 um, and I suppose go for it. But, um, Look, we know these teams are, are are so evenly matched and have been close when they met earlier this year. So all it's really going to take is maybe a short corner or deflection in the circle. The margins are going to be really, really, really tight. So, um, look, it's a great game to look forward to and um, best of luck to both clubs in it. 
Yes, indeed. Both of those clubs, as we've said, on Saturday at the Mardike at noon, December um, the uh, 16th, as we've outlined here, the biggest game of the season thus far in the Munster Women's Senior Division 1 League. UCC versus Harlequins, both teams on 30 points, joint top of the table, but UCC have one game in hand on their title rivals. There are some other games in the division uh, this coming weekend on Saturday, Graham, and they also have significance at both ends of the table. Yeah, so so Ashton hosts Waterford, um, so Ashton, Ashton going well I suppose on the table we'll be hoping to, to take points against a Waterford team that, that's caused a few upsets this year uh, Bandon who are, are currently rooted to the bottom of the table will be looking to pick up uh, points against Blackrock and um, Church of Ireland who are, are currently in third will be hoping to continue their resurgence I suppose in the last couple of weeks um, as they host uh, a, a newly promoted Crescent who have been doing well as well they certainly have and not much between the rest of the league as we said Church Vernon on 11 points and Third Ashton on 4th and 10 and Black Rock down on 8 and Crescent on 7 so again nothing between these teams uh, this time of the year is generally very busy for most women's hockey Graham um, EY1 is, is a bit different and that there's a bit of a break going on but we are continuing with the Munster hockey right up through Christmas yeah? Yeah so so EY1 I suppose is, is on a break at the moment um, so uh, I suppose the the indoor season will will kick off a small bit for for some of the some of the women involved, but also and, and I suppose more importantly, um, we have a lot of the players there that are gearing up for the Olympic qualifiers in in Valencia in in, in January. So um, a lot of that, I suppose, players that are playing EY one will, will, will I suppose be part of that Irish squad. So I think there, there's there's a couple of training camps coming up for the. For the panel, and and I suppose uh, the panel will ultimately be announced before the before the qualifiers. Um, so if you're looking at any of the social channels, you see plenty of action, uh, plenty of gym work, plenty of pitch time uh, that the, the girls are going through at the moment. So um, yeah, for now, EY one takes a break, comes back um, early February, um, as does EY two, which kicks off as well in early February. So plenty to look forward to in the second half of the season. There certainly is, and we will also be keeping a very close eye on uh, th- those qualifiers in the new year. Lots and lots to look forward to, not just in Munster women's hockey, but Irish women's hockey as well. We finish this week with a look, as always, at the top of the goal scorers charts. And uh, there's, it's getting quite crowded. Well, we have an outright leader, but elsewhere it's getting quite crowded because we have three different players on five goals this season. Olivia Roycroft for Bandon, Rachel O'Shea for Harlequins and Emily O'Leary for Ashton. And then an even bigger group on six goals each. Naomi Carroll from Catholic Institute, Joy Sampson from Harlequins and UCC pair Zara Laurie and Jane Murphy. Uh, Michaela Sanderson for UCC has seven and Nikki Barry for UCC has eight and then another UCC Abby O'Mahony player has nine goals so UCC very well spread out with their goals but the top three positions unsurprisingly are Harlequins players Yvonne O'Byrne and Michelle Barry now level on ten goals apiece but out in front Graham as always as she has been since the start of the season Beth Ann O'Farrell on 15 goals for Harlequins and uh, as we talked about the top of the table in the league and once women division one league between Cork Harlequins and UCC no surprise that these players are dominating the top of the scoring charts as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely no surprise, and I suppose we would would expect it to continue. Now the UCC and Quinns have played a, a few extra games over the other clubs, but but even still, I think with the with some of the scorings that are you know they're racking up this year, it, it is no surprise that that some of those players are uh, are scoring. Dan in particular, I suppose, has hit form again, um, stretching Hurley to to five goals. So. Um, I'm sure her teammates and uh, some of the 
UCC players will have something to say about that uh, in the coming days. They certainly will. Two very interesting dressing rooms as well. And as we said, just to finish up this week, don't forget one of the biggest games of the season in Munster Women's Hockey Division 1, top of the table clash in the Mardyk at noon on Saturday. UCC and Harlequins, both in 30 points apiece at the top of the table. What a way to enjoy your Christmas. If you're in the area, please do take notice. And as well as that, make sure if you're in the in the local area, take in either Ashton versus Waterford, Bandon versus Blackrock, or the Church of Ireland versus Crescent game quality Munster women's hockey all over the province this weekend that's another segment wrapped up on the Big Red Bench this week thanks very much once again as ever to the Munster Hockey PRO Graham Catchball and we'll talk to you again soon that's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you can also listen online at redextra.ie don't forget to tune into the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan Colm O'Sullivan and guests between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.